Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you could move this heart to be set apart. I don't need to recognize the man in the mirror. I don't want to trade your plan for something I can't waste a day, I can't stay the same I want to be different, I want to be changed Till all of me is gone And all that remains is a fire so bright The whole world can see that there's something you look at me Lauren (laughs) oh my god that song makes me tear up thank you Bernard that was awesome let's give him a hand again everybody's coming into our own right (laughs) oh my gosh that is awesome oh man oh man oh man all right I want to be different 
Oh man. All right, I'm uh, I'm just uh, letting myself. Y'all keep making me cry. <laughs> okay, stop, stop. Okay, so this is a, This is an exciting week. Christmas is this week, right? Aren't you excited? You don't sound excited. <laughs> Only a few of you are excited. I know the kids are excited. Thank you. Oh, man, we've come a long way to get to this point. You know, we have come a long way to get to this point. Oh, and so I do have a cute little joke. Um, I was able to stop the waterworks. Okay. Um, and I want to thank Alex and Howard for taking Bonnie home. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. So, is they, she's okay? She's okay? Okay, thank you. All righty. So there was this minister who was cruising down the highway, and he got pulled over by a police officer, right? And so when the police officer walked up to the door, he smelled alcohol, and he's looking over, the, he sees the, the priest has a, you know, he sees as a priest, right? And he goes, so, sir, have you been drinking? And, and the officer, the, uh, poli- the uh, minister says, no. He said, well, what's in the flask? And the minister says, it's water. He says, well, let me smell it. So he took it, he smells it. He's like, it smells like wine to me. And the minister says, see, Jesus did it again. <laughs> it was his first miracle. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Oh, man. So... We started off this month, <laughs> and it was more than communion, wasn't it? <laughs> so we started off this month acknowledging Advent and acknowledging that Advent is the coming. It, it represents the coming of a place or the coming into being or coming into a presence, and it's actually the coming of the birth of Christ. But since Christ has already been born thousands of years ago. In our consciousness, metaphysically what it means is walking this path and preparing ourselves for a birth into a deeper awareness of the Christ within yourself, right? Let me get my little toy, a little clicker thing. I've been enjoying these little, this little clicker thing. Um, so, so we started it off with hope. And we talked about how powerful it is to move our beliefs, which are accepting a thought or a concept or an idea, into a faith, moving into a faith. And we talked about the difference between belief and faith is belief has to have some type of evidence that it is so, but faith does not. Faith knows it is so, believes it is so without any type of evidence. And then when you move from a place of being in in complete faith, We talked about how that moves you into a space of peace. And peace is our natural state of mind. And when you're in that natural state of mind of peace, it opens you up to a greater expression of love. And we talked about love last week, and we talked about the power of the consciousness that we have as co-creators with God, that we can literally create in ourselves a shift in the water molecules in our, in our body. And I showed you guys some images. I showed you images of when um, Dr. Um, Emoto took water and, and, and had people 
cur uh, not curse the water, but say unloving thoughts. Some people would say curse the water, but say unloving thoughts to water and infuse unloving vibrational energy into water. And then he uh, freezed it, and then he looked at it under a microscope, and he showed pictures of it, which um, were very distorted, icky-looking pictures. And then he showed how if you bless the water and use loving words and a loving vibration in your consciousness and infuse that in the water, and he crystallized it, and he looked at it, under, it, at it under a microscope, it looked like beautiful snowflakes, beautiful, different types of snowflakes, and every snowflake is different. And it was beautiful, right? And we pondered how that affects us, because we're more than 70% water. So when you're moving in a vibration of love, it purifies you and raises you up. And when you're moving in a vibration that is outside of love, it lowers your vibration, distorts the water molecules in your body, and causes you to move into a space of dis-ease. We said we'd like to increase, right? Increase our vibration. And one of the ways that, that we talked about it, well, the way that we talked about it was having an open heart. And in having an open heart, we talked about acts of kindness and how acts of kindness cause the brain to secrete oxytocin in the body. And it, as it secretes oxytocin in the body, it literally increases your immune system. It, it puts a, a, a boost to your immune system. And one of the things that Dr. David uh, Hamilton, if I remember correctly, he was an organic, uh, he's an organic chemist, and actually stopped doing that to teach people the power of acts of kindness. And one of the things he says that happens is that as the oxytocin is pumped into the brain, it starts to uh, infuse into the walls, like deposit into the walls of the arteries, and it softens the walls of the arteries. And so it reverses hardened arteries, and it decreases your, bl your blood pressure. He calls it the kindness hormone. So we talked about that, and we talked about how there are many people who have been doing uh, acts of kindness. And um, actually, tomorrow, which is the day my sister passed away last year, a year ago last, uh, tomorrow, I am going to start doing acts of, well, I've already started, doing acts of kindness for 365 days a year. And this is the thing. It's going to increase it also. Uh, boost your anti-aging uh, gene in your body. I'm going to be looking 16 when I finish. <laughs> I redo. She said I redo. How many want to join me? <laughs> We're going to tap into that fountain of you, baby. <laughs> so, today, as we continue our series on strengthening your life, which life is that power, our power to invigorate, is our power to enliven, is our power to recharge, but it's actually even more than that. It's that spark of divinity within each and every one of us that does that. As we commit our mind to have something and we pray over something to be recharged, as we pray over your body to be enlivened and, and recharged and, and energized, the life system co-creates with you that. So life is the divinity. It's the God in you. Anybody heard that song by Mary, Mary, Mary? It, Mary, Mary, it's the God in me. That was one of my mama's favorite songs. And um, take these shackles off my something. I'm dealing with shackles or whatever. Uh, I was like, what are you talking about, mama? <laughs> but but she, um, she liked Mary, Mary. And that song, The God in Me, 
is a really powerful song because it's the life in you. It's the life force in you. And that's what we're using to co-create with, with our thoughts held in mind. And so we're going to talk about the last... expression of Advent, which is joy. But even deeper, we're going to talk about the greatest joy of all. And so as we go into that, I want to talk about a little bit more about what Charles Fillmore says life is. He says that life is divine, spiritual, and its source is God, spirit. He says the river of life is within man in his spiritual consciousness. It's not in your body. The river of life is not in your, it's in your spiritual consciousness, it's spirit, but it invigorates and co-creates whatever it is you're thinking within your body. So you need to watch your words. How am I, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm sick. Anything after I am activates the I am, which is that river of life inside of you and co-creates that which you said after I am. Oh, I'm broke. Watch what we say. I'm sorry. I don't say I'm sorry anymore. I say I apologize or, I, or my apologies. Because anything after I am creates it. And he, says, he goes on even quick further to say he, that um, we can quicken that spiritual consciousness, the life force inside of us, into a new life. And vitalize it in mind and body only when we consciously connect with spirit. Now, this is the thing. He says consciously connect with spirit because we're already connected with spirit. We're already connected with spirit. And you know what's the kicker? Even those seemingly freak accidents are triggers of something we co-created somehow by some frivolous thing we might have thought. And then we act, we're off kilter, and our body shows that we're off kilter. Everything that you're experiencing in your mind is reflected in your life and will manifest in your life. It's important to be aware of where your consciousness is. It's important to be aware of where your consciousness is. I'll say it one more time. It's important to be aware of where your consciousness is. Because we do co-create through thoughts held in mind. And we're, we're held responsible for it. I might have to take this jacket off. It's a little bit acting up again. Okay, so let's keep going. So he says that the contact is made. Now, this is conscious, con consciously and intentionally is made by prayer and meditation and good works. This is important. Now, I'm going to go into it a little bit further. So joy. This is what he says joy is. Can we read this together, please? The happiness of God expressed through his perfect idea. And it's man, right, you. I should have put woman in there too, but this is his quote, so. Man is represented by humankind. You are made in God's image and likeness. Now, what's the difference between happiness and joy? Because he says this is the happiness of God. So that means it's a higher vibration of happiness. It's happiness to the infinite degree. But what is the difference between when we're in a state of happiness and when we're in a state of joy? How do we know when we're in a state of happiness and when we're in a state of joy? Well, the main thing is that happiness is contingent on what your circumstances are. Or if I get a man, I'm going to be happy. Or if I have my, this job, I'm going to be happy. If I'm feeling better, I'm going to be happy. It's contingent on an if-then. 
So it's, it's caught up in the material consciousness. Whereas, do I have it? Let's see, we have it. Yes. So it's rooted from the outside in. Whatever's going on outside of you, or how do we know? Because it passes. One minute you're happy, something happens, they make you upset, you're not happy anymore. It's fleeting and it passes. The difference between joy and happiness is that joy is rooted in spirit. That's why when Paul says that I, I have been, when I, I'm content when I have and when I don't. I have that scripture. Go on into the scripture, Kelly. Okay. Oh, here, here we are. I have learned how to be content. And this is Philippians. It's chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. I know you've heard this before. But you have to learn the meaning and move into a greater understanding of what Scripture means. And I know I'm bringing the Bible in a lot, but Charles and Myrtle Fillmore used the Bible. Actually, Charles Fillmore believed that metaphysics was a higher expression of what the Bible means, going into a deeper meaning of what is the Bible. So we look at this. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, I know the secret. So joy is being in a state of high vibration no matter what's going on in your life. No matter what's going on in your life. You are not moved from your trust in God and your faith in God and your knowing and your excitement that this too shall pass. That's why the Bible says that Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What that means is the moment we redirect our consciousness to knowing that it is and accept the situation for what it is, you move into the consciousness of being joy. Again, does that make sense? Okay, so now let us look at this. I'm going to go back to that other, the first scripture because that's the scripture I'm going to be working with. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16, and, and eight, 16 through 18. Can we read this, please? Always be joyful. Say that again. Always be joyful. Say it one more time. Always be joyful. Keep going. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, let's dig into this. Let's dig deep into this. Let's get the juices and, and, the, and the nutrients out of this, and let's work this. Always be joyful. Why is he saying that way? He's saying it that way because it's a choice. It's a choice. And he's asking you to make that choice to be joyful. And then he's telling you afterwards how you can do it. I love the Bible always has instructions on what to do. Charles Fillmore, who, like I said, is the co-creator of Unity, says that the Bible is a representation of the phases of man's consciousness. Starting with Genesis, it's your generation when you're being born. And then when you move into shifting and starting to see things differently and having these error, error thoughts or false thoughts or false beliefs, then you move into degeneration, which represents when Adam and Eve ate of the, free, the, the uh, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you're in duality, you're in degeneration. When you're straddling a fence on whether you want to trust God, you're in degeneration. The moment you shift back into the joy that you are, you've moved into regeneration. 
And we all go through those phases. We all go through those phases. And he's telling you the way to step into your joy is to move into always praying. It says never stop praying. You're going to see that in the Bible all over the place. Never stop praying. But we got to think about something. There's a song that says our thoughts are prayers. And we are always praying. You're always thinking. What are you thinking about? Because every thought that you're thinking is co-creating something in your world, inside your spiritual world, and then it manifests in your physical world. You got to be aware of what you're thinking. Nothing is an accident. Everything's co-created somehow. Everything. We may not know the thought that we put out there. That's why it is important to be always aware of what you're thinking. And that's why the Bible says, stop Never stop praying, but what, 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 what is meant here is never stop being intentional on what you are thinking and what you are putting out there, and always be aware of where your mind is. And if your mind is not focused on God and focused on the truth of who you are in God and focused on who God is in you, then you need to redirect your thoughts back to God. So this means never stop thinking about the divine ideas of God in you and you in God. Does that make sense? That's important. I hate this job. I wish I, didn't, I wish I had a better job. And then you get fired. You ask for a better job. Then you get mad because you got fired. You prayed for a better job. A joyful person gets excited. Thank you, God, because I can go on unemployment and look for a better job. A person rooted in complaints and I, oh, see, now I just lost my job. You just asked for another job. You said, I hate my job. And God said, all right, you get what you wish. Like a genie, you co-created. This relationship's getting on my nerves. They drop you like a hot potato. <laughs> Why did they leave me? Didn't you just say it was getting on your nerves? I can just imagine what God's thinking sometimes when we put stuff out there and then get upset that we put it out there and co-create it. He's like, you asked for it. So you have to stay connected to consciously creating. That's how you stay always joyful. That's one part. So that's the first part. Prayer. What does the second thing say? Be thankful. Only one person? Oh, no, <laughs> Together? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Now, what does this mean, who belongs to Christ Jesus? First of all, Jesus is the man Nazareth, the personality. Christ, let's say it different. Jesus Christ is the man personality that became aware of the Christ within him. The Christ is the divine idea of, uh, of, Christ, of God in man. Christ Jesus is the manifestation of Christ through Jesus. So when something happens in your life that seems like a miracle, you have become Christ Laurel. You have become Christ Faith, Christ Reverend Kelly, Christ Hope, Christ Rob. When you've manifested and you're in a space where you're high vibrating and you're vibrating, you you're tapped into the consciousness of Christ within yourself and you're co-creating that which you desire, you are Christ, that person. Put your name in there. I'm going to say, I want you to say, I am, and then I want you to say Christ in your name. Together, I am Christ Reverend Kelly. Christ Reverend Kelly. 
The, 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 you guys said, no, no, your name, not my name. <laughs> Let's do it again. I am Christ, Reverend Kelly. Okay, I didn't want to mess you guys up by saying it. Okay, so that's why it says to those who belong, to be thankful in your circumstances to those who belong, because you're always co-creating. So how do we move into a state of joy? Let's see, do I have it next? Go, keep on. I want to go into ways to feel, feel joy. The first way is through prayer and thanksgiving. Now, we talked about that. The second way, come on, work it, is gratitude. Is gratitude. Because gratitude seeks out evidence of God in your life. That's what gratitude is. Having an attitude of gratitude is having a space in your mind where you're seeking out where God is in your life. And then this joyful feeling comes because those things that you feel grateful for, give me something you feel grateful for. Anybody, call it out. What do you feel grateful for? All your presents are wrapped. All your presents are wrapped. I guess that's the pre- Family. I guess that's the presence of God, too. Great health. Reverend Kelly. Re- oh, Reverend Kelly, thank you. Oh, the presence of God. And when you said that, all of you had smiles on your face. You were expressing joy. Oxytocin is being pumped in your body. It's raising up your... Now, this is the thing. Our series is entitled Strengthening Our Spiritual Life, right? But the truth is, life is already strong. You cannot strengthen something that's omnipotent, all-powerful, all-strength already. What happens is, you, be, you're, you become more aware of the presence of God within you, the Christ consciousness within you, and your awareness and your experience of the power of God wakes up within your own being. So that's what you're strengthening. You're strengthening your connection by releasing all those things that are blocking you and moving into a joyful experience. And every time you move into a joyful experience, you increase your consciousness with God. That's what gets strengthened. That's what gets quickened, your consciousness with God. You are God. I am God together. I am God. I am an individualized expression of God together. I am an individualized expression of God. And you need to know that. When, you know how it feels when you know. Anybody had an aha moment that I, God's got me? God's got my back? And you felt good? Did you feel like doing a holy dance or something? A tap dancing? Because your butt, when you get hyped up like that, it has to move. Just like illness starts in the spirit, and when you don't listen to what's going on, it settles down into your, into your body. The same thing happens when you've tapped into consciously becoming aware of the presence of God within you, and it purifies, and it enlivens you, and it opens you up to be a greater expression. So prayer and thanksgiving is one, and gratitude is another way that increases it. And then there's another way. It's a spiritual connection with others. You ever had a deep conversation with somebody and it hyped you up or heard something that somebody said or a minister or whatever might have said something that gave you, inspired you somehow? Everybody should be clapping. (laughs) Y'all selling me short. (laughs) Because Christ speaks to Christ to bring forth Christ. And there is only joy in the vibration of Christ. 
And in that spirit, it's a high vibration. There is no emotion. That's why happiness is fleeting. Happiness is an emotion that's contingent on what's going on in your world. It's an emotion in the body, an energy that's flowing in the body because of what you're thinking about, and it's expressed through the heart. When you have a spiritual connection with someone, spirit is speaking to spirit. It activates joy. When you get a connection, an aha moment. Anybody have aha moments? Don't you feel good when you have an aha moment? That's a connection with the Christ within. And then another way is acts of kindness. We talked about that already yet last week, right? And then one more. This is what was read today in the Daily Word. Discovering God is the greatest joy is what was said there. I go deeper than that. To me, the greatest joy is having a relationship with God. You can discover God and leave it there. It's walk away. Oh, I know God's here. But that doesn't give you a deep abiding joy. How about we start really seeking, like seriously, really seeking to know God? Because you know what? When you seek to know God, you're seeking to know you on a deeper level. Everything there is to know about God is you. You ever see pe people who've been married a while and they start to look together, look alike, like sister and brother? They act alike. You know why? Because they've brought their histories together, and on a deeper level, their heart, their electromagnetic fields have coincided with each other to create a harmony and a beautiful music together. So they sing each other's melody, and they sing the melody of the two of them together. What happens when you have a deep relationship like that with God? On June 14, 2003, I married God. I told God I would never, ever let another man come before God, not even me. And if I do, I give God permission to move that person out of the way, even if it's me. It ain't it wasn't an easy choice to make. I don't always get happy when it happens. But I committed because I knew that no one knows me greater than the one that created me. And no one wants to express me to a higher vibration than the one who created me. And so when I have a deep relationship with that expression of me, I bring out the best in me. You ever been with somebody who brings out the best in you? And even when you are at your lowest, they're your greatest cheerleader? Yes? No? Yes. Don't you know that God is even greater of a cheerleader than that person? That God is using that person to move you to God, to show you even how greater you can experience a joy if you develop a deeper relationship with the Christ within. You don't have to go anywhere but deep down inside of you. You don't have to go anywhere. I was thinking about... Um, now, you know, I've experienced, the, and you guys have walked this with me, so you know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. 
This whole experience from last year when I found out about my sister going through the cancer, and I've had my moments, but I always found my joy. I always found myself back to my joy. Whether it was saying something funny about her or telling you a funny joke or laughing with you, I always found my joy. It is not gone from me. Even though it feels like it sometimes, it has gone nowhere. It is still there. I heard this story about this young, this uh, boy who told his story. Was, he was reca recounting a story when he was younger. He was about eight years old. And they didn't have any money or anything. And back then, they were put on welfare. I forgot what they call, he called the name of it. But he said they were on welfare. And the mailman was walking by, and his father had been out on the, on the um, stair cry, stairs crying. And the mailman, the uh, postman was like, what's wrong, Isaac? And he was like, well, you know, I'm just upset because we don't have any money and everything. And I try going down and get jobs and stuff, but I can't. I, I'm not strong enough to get that job that's out there that's making good money. So he said, well, how much do you need right now? And, and the guy said $33. The postman gave him $50. And while he was giving him the money, he looked up in the bedroom and saw the, the young boy. We'll call him John. Saw John up in the window. And he looked at Isaac and said, you know what? This is my paycheck. Take it. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. He had a, the postman had a joy in himself that he had it so powerfully that he could give his paycheck away and know that he was still going to be okay. There's a joy there that gives you the strength to do that, to do those kinds of acts of kindness. It's a joy inside of you that keeps you strong even when you're hurting. Eileen, I know you're hurting, but you are committed to have this joy inside of you. So when you come in with them sunglasses on looking like a motto, Sunshine coming in the door is because you're connected. And this is the kicker. You learn from your mother. Children learn these things from what they see. You don't even have to say it to them. They watch your behavior. You watch everything. Your sister, you watch everything. Your siblings, how your mother was responding as she worked with you guys. That's the same thing with me. And how many else have had mothers or fathers or someone in your life that's shown you from their behavior that they're rooted in joy? Am I the only one? The best way to honor them, the best way to honor Jesus, who was the greatest joy of all walking in this world, is to be what you were created to be. An expression of joy, I'll move over here, Eileen, or is this sun still in your eyes, even it doesn't matter. Love, joy, and have that deep relationship with God. And I'm going to bug you guys about this for the rest of our lives together, because this is the most powerful part of it. This is the fourth unity principle of realigning through prayer meditation. Prayer is when we're talking to God. Meditation is when we sit and listen. How many times do you sit and listen? Or do you talk more? When we listen more, we raise the oxytocin because we're receiving and being deposited. And this is the kicker. We're not even being deposited. Things, seeds are not being planted in us. They're already there. We become aware of them with your relationship with God. So as we move into opening ourselves up to give birth to this Christ baby consciousness inside of us, having the heart of a child, let's commit to having a deeper relationship with God. That's the most important thing. I promise you, that's the most important thing. It keeps you going. Jesus is the reason for the season, right? 
but the season is 365 days of the year. It's not just December 25th. Amen? So let's go through these affirmations together. The first one, I am joyful. Say it again. I am always joyful. One more time. I am always joyful. Let's do the next one. My joy increases as I strengthen my relationship with God. The next one. I am excited to know God. Y'all don't sound excited. Let's say it again. I am excited to get to know God better. Are you ready to go deeper? Yes. We're going to go deeper. I am ready. Thank you. Keep going. I am ready to go deeper. Say it one more time. I am ready to go deeper. You're going to learn yourself more deeply. And that child is going to come out. And when Christmas comes, you're going to be celebrating. Oh, let me just tell you one more story before I close this out. I, I, and, and it really brought tears to my heart, and especially when you're a parent and you get so excited to give your gifts to give gifts to your children, and the children are so excited to get their gifts. Well, there's this one lady who uh, told this story about when she was 11 years old, she kept looking at the gifts underneath the tree. She started about two weeks before Christmas. She kept looking at the gifts and seeing the names on each gift and how many did she get, how many did her sister get, and it kept increasing, and she's all excited. And her mom kept telling her, well, you know, we're not going to have a lot of gifts under the tree this year, so don't be disappointed. You know, maybe next year, but this year, not, it's not going to be as many gifts. So she knew, every time she looked at it, she knew everybody's box and whose name was on which box, right? She knew. So Christmas comes, right? And they're waiting. She and her sister are waiting to go down the hall till her father says that everything's ready and Santa Claus has come. So she, so her father says, come on. So she, they go and they tearing the gifts open and everything. And, and she said that she looked at, her mom handed her this one gift and she looked at it and she looked at her mom and she was like, she knew that was her mom's gift because it had her mom's name on it before. But she saw that the tag had been switched out and written in with her name in, in um, her mom's writing. And before she was about to say, Mama, this isn't mine, her, her mom was sitting in her looking so excited. So she opened it up and it was a blow dryer. It was something she wanted that her mom gave her her gift. And she said that that joy that she saw on her mother's face, because she couldn't go out and get anything else, to give her her own gift. Melted her heart. And as a, as a mother, and as a father, and as someone who cares for other people, when you have that joy in your heart, that you're willing to sacrifice something, that was the only gift the mother had under the tree. But she wanted to balance everything out. Because kids will count the gifts. And if you got one, whether, kids will count them. She has three gifts and I have four, but yours cost $50 more. But she still has three gifts and I have, you know, people. She said from that moment on, even when she became, especially when she became a mother, she felt even more the joy of Christmas, of the giving. And it hit her deeply that giving is more divine than receiving. Let's move into knowing that. That giving is more divine than receiving. Giving just for the sake of giving, without expecting anything back. Because when you expect something back and you don't get it, you're going to be pissed off. You put a limit on what God has to give to you. Let's give for the sake of giving. And start with your heart. Are you ready to go deeper? 
Amen. That's it.
your spirit guide and let your word abide speak to my heart thank you for listening to this unity of farmington hills podcast we hope this has encouraged you inspired you and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.